Welcome to this episode of the Senior Care Growth Show. My name is Winston. Uh, I'm super, super excited today to be joined by Ryan Nisley. Ryan is the Corporate Sales Director at Presbyterian Senior Living, and he's going to talk to us today about how senior care organizations can attract and close more baby boomers. Super hot topic, something that I know is on the, line, on the minds of a lot of our listeners. Ryan, welcome to the Senior Care Growth Show. Thank you so very much. It's great being back. Thanks for having me. Are you curious about how you could improve your website, marketing, or sales activities to increase revenue for your organization? As a special thank you for listening to the show, we're offering Senior Care Growth Show listeners an exclusive strategy call free of charge. To set up a time to get specific, actionable advice, visit www.seniorcaregrowth.com connect. We're looking forward to helping you grow. You know, Ryan, you just mentioned you've been on the the podcast before, and uh, I, you know, I thought the conversation was just excellent. I'm super excited to have you back. Um, maybe for folks who haven't heard that episode, you could tell folks a little bit about uh, who you are and what it is that you do at Presbyterian Senior Living. Absolutely, Winston. Uh, as, as you already mentioned, my name is Ryan Nisley, and I'm the corporate director of sales for Presbyterian. Senior Living, which is a a multi-site. Actually, we have 30, soon to be 33 locations across four states, mostly in the state of Pennsylvania, but we're a not-for-profit provider of senior care. And uh, we have kind of the full gamut of, of senior living uh, options. We have 12 uh, CCRCs or continuing care retirement communities, which, uh, which is primarily where I work. And then we have an array of 55 plus market rate rentals uh, and uh, a, a whole slew of what they would call a tax credit or uh, affordable housing for seniors. So, um, and we feel part of our, of our mission is, is to take care of, of, of all seniors, regardless of income. So uh, very proud to work for this organization. I've been there. It'll be six years on October the 8th. So we're getting very close to my, my six year mark and uh, couldn't be happier with what I do and, and just love. Uh, I'm honored to serve seniors every day. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, part of that audience you serve uh, more and more frequently are uh, seems like baby boomers. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And just so that we sort of level set and are on the same page, maybe you could tell us a little bit about who these folks are. Um, how do they view senior living? Where are they in this decision making process of senior living options? Absolutely. I love talking about the baby boomers because uh, when, when I when I stop to think about it, I'm uh, I'm 39 years old. I, uh, these are my parents and my parents, friends and uncles and aunts. And, uh, you know, it's the future of our, it's the future, not only of our industry, but when you look at everything going on in, in our country today, uh, you know, there was actually statistics, uh, back in, in 2012 from the, the U S labor and statistics that said that still today, 40% of the American workforce is represented by the baby boom generation. And they would be all, uh, many of them would be retiring, you know, over the next 10 to 15 years. And you actually look at that. There was another statistic that they wrote out that between the years 2010 and 2040, the percentage of Americans that are age 65 and older is actually going to increase by 90% to where we are today. Stop and think about that 90% by the year 2040. So uh, when I say it's not only going to affect senior living, it's going to affect everything. I mean, how many times do you hear the jokes about, you know, well, where's social security money going to be for our generation? Well, it'll, pro- it'll probably be non-existent because uh, there's going to be quite the strain on it over the next uh, 20 to 30 years. Plus, I like to think that 
is they say, uh, my mother didn't raise a fool and I am uh, looking to be in a field that is quite vibrant. And when 90%, uh, there's going to be a 90% increase in the field that I work in, I definitely think there will be, there will be demands. But as, as we go along and talk here, Winston, I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to see that uh, we can't keep doing the same old thing. What do they say with anything in life? If you keep doing the same thing uh, and expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. And we're, as an industry, we're certainly going to have to, we're already needing to adjust, but we're certainly going to have to need to uh, make changes and some, some drastic changes over the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus years to make sure that we, we have what the baby boomers want. And as a last reminder, the boomers are those that were born between the years 1946 and 1964. And you ask kind of where we're seeing it now versus the future. I like to use the, the example of it's the uh, picture a dam, picture the Hoover dam in Las Vegas. I've got to think of the biggest dam I can think of because um, right now there's, there's, uh, there are leaks in the dam, meaning there, there are some boomers that, uh, not only have retired, but there, there are, uh, boomers that have already moved in the community such as ours, uh, that are kind of seeing, I'll, I'll say the quiet before the storm, we can use bubble gum to patch the holes in the dam, but, uh, we're only five, 10, five to 10 years really from, uh, the gum's not going to work anymore. <laughs> uh, the, the flood's going to start. And we, as an organization is as senior living providers, I should say, are going to need to be, be prepared for that and, and how to address it. Yeah. So how do you prepare for that large influx of potential new customers? And, um, what, what are some of the things that, uh, marketing and sales folks can start doing today to, better market to or, or sell to these, uh, these baby boomers? That is a good question. And I would say it's going to be, um, we all just have to take a deep breath, take a step back first. And instead of trying to, uh, you know, eat the whole elephant where, you know, <laughs> you, have, you have to take some time. So I'll start by saying it, they're not there, you know, just like every generation has a little bit of difference. And if any advice I give anyone is there, there are a lot of good articles, a lot of books out there written on the differences in, in the generations. And, you know, you hate to ever blanket statement, any generation, because we're all individuals, we're all human beings with our own minds and, and own traits. But, um, there are some very well studied, well thought out research done on the generations. And I guess the point is, is that, um, you know, the, the, the generation that is mostly what we're working with, which are the boomers parents over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years come from a very different background mindset is the boomers, the boomers. The biggest thing to point out is the boomers are going to question everything. Um, mm, yep. I was actually just that if I could give a plug, I was just at a wonderful conference in Chicago called the smash conference. That's been in existence now for, uh, this was celebrating their fifth year and it brings together leaders across the United States in senior sales and senior marketing uh, sales and sales and marketing housing. And, um, one of the speakers mentioned, she said, I'm a boomer. We need to change because I'm going to tell you the boomers are going to be a Royal pain in the, you know, what, <laughs> because they're, they don't, they're not just accepting of the norm, you know, uh, yeah. the, the boomers want more and they're always going to ask why they're going to question a lot. Um, you know, if you think about even just the way companies have been restructured over the years, you know, we now most 
most industries now no longer work in this top-down management where manager says you do and you just do it because, well, the boss said to do it. Um, the boomers are, are very much, and the generations the follow are very much about, no, we work more in kind of a linear or a horizontal where, you know, the CEO is no more more important than, than you know, uh, the cleaning crew, we, it all, it, it takes, it takes a, takes a village and, 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 you know, and, but for, for what we do, it's just going to, it's going to challenge us more. It's going to, and we, as an organization, we need to welcome that change and welcome that challenge. Because if you don't welcome that change, you don't welcome that challenge. Uh, you're going to become obsolete. And uh, again, the boomer pie is quite large, but uh, if you want even a morsel of that pie, you're going to have to adapt. Yeah, for sure. I think you, you hit on a bunch of uh, good points there. But the fact that boomers question everything and their mindset's a little bit different. Um, what do they expect from the the senior living communities? What are they when they're going into this decision? Uh, what are the things that are, are different about their expectations versus maybe that older generation? It's a great question, Winston. Uh, another another quote I actually heard at the, uh, the the same conference I was at was a, a market leader said, "You know, if if you're looking at your community today and you want to prepare for the baby boom generation of tomorrow, don't study your community, don't study your competition's communities." Actually go to like, think of, think of your, your favorite uh, resort. Think of, uh, you know, whether it's a, a Wyndham, a Marriott, a, whatever it is, you know, the, the five-star Weston and look at that and look at the amenities there. And that, that is where you want to gauge for those people that are looking five, 10 years down the road. Because that's the type of, those are the types of things. It's not the only thing, but what it comes down to is, Boomers, boomers don't want anything that is going to be conserved or I'm sorry, not conserved, but, but viewed as, as old, uh, bo yeah. boomers, boomers, like, like many of our current residents, they like the idea of the care being available, but at the same time, um, they want to be intergenerationally mixed and they, they wanted to go beyond and, and no offense. Cause I think it's wonderful as, is it industry that we do this, but they want to go beyond what you know many people see where they bring in the local elementary school kids to to talk to the world war ii vet or talk to the korean war vet which is all wonderful and, and great for pr but um that that too is perceived as oh well oh wonderful picture of the elementary kids talking to grandma but that's still old they they want every day to be able to live and act amongst multiple generations i mean when you think about it right now for the first time in the history of the united states we actually have five generations in the workforce together. Think about that too. Five generations with different mindsets all in the American workforce together. It's not going to be very easy for the boomers to just willingly step away from that, even if they're with people that they view as their peers. Um, so, so how do we interact that? How do we give them that lifestyle? How do we give them a lifestyle that isn't all golf courses and shuffleboards and even swimming pools. I mean, you hear about the amenities and I mentioned the amenities with the resort example, but the human, the human desire to feel needed and wanted is going to be more than ever before. You know, many boomers are still going to want to try to work or try to have some type of contribution to society while they're, so that when you look at your communities, you're going to want to have residents ideally that are getting out and volunteering that are many of them might still be working as an 
adjunct professor or a teacher somewhere or, you know, doing some type of business consulting on the side. And they just live at this community because they needed that maintenance free lifestyle. But they and, and they like the idea of maybe some of the, some of the group activities, but they still want to be very highly involved in, in the, those communities where it came from. So if it makes sense, they, they want a community of people like themselves, but they're not going to want to lose where they came from. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's uh, that's a really good point and good perspective, because I think if if a lot of marketers keep going down the same road that they are currently on, the messaging is going to be off. I mean, if you're talking about the things that these folks want, that's obviously going to have an impact in the marketing and the sales messaging uh, that the communities uh, put forth. So how do you think uh, marketers and salespeople specifically should uh, do things differently to speak to this new audience and their uh, specific wants and needs. I tell you what, that, that, that's the silver bullet right there, Winston, that, yeah. <laughs> that, that none of us, none of us at this point, I think have really come to grasp with, because like with any other thing in life, as we're, and we need to plan for this, but obviously we still have to take care of our day to day and take care of the current residents and attract the new prospective residents that are here and now, but going forward, um, wow, I, I'll say, you know, there is still there is still a perception. I had a, a wonderful conversation with uh, a couple of very long time uh, people the other day that are in our industry. And they said, you know what, they, they asked a simple question and, and they're asking it to us, other people that, you know, live and breathe this every day. And we constantly say that, you know, even today we're saying this isn't your grandmother's retirement community. This yep. is, you know, it's not just bingo, bingo and shuffleboard. And here's your, here's your applesauce. It's, it's, uh, it, it really is, you know, and if, if for people that take the time to go and view these communities, they'll see that. But the problem is, is one of the toughest parts of our job today. And it, I, it'll only get tougher is still kind of that ages perception that these are places you go to when you need care, when you're not quite as healthy as you currently are. And, you know, it's still that perception and going back to that conversation I was happening with them. The the one gentleman looked at us after we basically said what I just said. And he said, you know what, how has that perception changed in the general public over the last 10 to 15 years? And we, we all sat there and said, you know what, it really hasn't. It really, yeah, hasn't. It really hasn't. It's still viewed. Right. It's still viewed as care is first, care and comfort, maintenance-free environments. Guess what? The boomers, most of them, don't want a maintenance-free environment. And if you hear me on that, they don't want a maintenance-free environment. And the idea that maintenance-free just means that's one other thing that they're now not being needed to do. Yeah, I don't know about. I, I don't know about you. I love mowing my grass right now. You know, yeah. I love, I, I love at the end of the day, being able to look at that lawn or look at my mulch bed, see the flowers growing and know that I had a hand in that. Right. When we go to work every day, I mean, we might talk about, you know, uh, boy, what a stressful day. Or if, if it really gets stressful when some people are like, man, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But then let's look at the opposite. What if you woke up today and didn't have a job to go to? And regardless of the financial, take the financial out of it, just the meaning, the difference that you make in with your day to day and how you help people and you're serving people. Um, so I think I think we really need to look at that. And w- one of the number of th- number one things that brings people together and how whether you're a boomer or a millennial or a Gen X, a Gen Y, the greatest generation, whatever it is, whatever generation you're a part of. The key to all of this is. Instead of 
the boomers wanting somebody to work for them, they're going to want to work with them. You know, so I'm not saying I'm not saying that, you know, every boomer is going to still want to push mother law. And that's why they probably looked at our community. So don't hear me wrong when I say that, but they want to know that what they're doing is making a difference in the community. Maybe, maybe they're going to, you know, if, if a boomer says, hey, I want to I want to work on this or I want to work on that, we encourage it. Um, you know, we already have a trickle of that in many of our communities. And I'm sure many of the people listening to this have that as well. Where we can't just say, OK, we listen to you at the resident council meeting. But at the end of the day, we're going to make our decision. There still needs to be some of that, obviously, for for corporate decorum. But boomers are too smart. They're going to read through that. We're going to have to, you know, I would actually advise any community that has boomers on their board, try to keep them on the board to when they move in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the key is involvement and they're going to need to feel that need throughout. And the care, the care is just going to be ancillary. I don't know if you wake up every day and think about your life insurance policy. I don't. You know, what what are we truly what are we truly selling in retirement care these days? Too many organizations still are stressing. Come here because we'll take care of you. What's that sound like? That sounds like old. That sounds like somebody that can't take care of themselves. It sounds scary. It doesn't sound positive. It sounds negative. It sounds reactionary. Uh, Boomers don't want that. Boomers. Boomers want to know that. Okay, that's the end. But and it's nice that I have that. It's nice that I have that life insurance policy, that long term care policy. But they don't wake up. I usually say, actually, at, at marketing events we have, I say, by show of hands, how many people here are here because they cannot wait to be in our skilled nursing center? They just are so excited to move into our skilled nursing center. And, of course, everybody laughs and says, yeah, no, that's not right. I know you never get a single hand raised. It's because, but, but yet that's the way many organizations are still selling their service. Yeah. So what, think logically, Why? why do we still still sell our services with almost like a 30 year ago mindset when again, boomers, if we keep doing that, we keep going down that path. Boomers are going to delay and delay and delay and delay as opposed to if we can actually make our campuses into almost like the, the best viewpoint I can give you is if we can make our campuses into like a college type campus a, 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 a continuing learning and development. Why can't you teach an old dog new tricks? Why can't you come here and learn things and still be actively involved instead of just falling to the wayside? So I think that's, I know that was a little bit long winded, but that's, that's really what it comes to with the baby boomers. Yeah, no, that's not long winded at all. I think it's a big answer to a big question because it's not a simple fix. And the the expectations being different, I think what they are looking for in a senior living community is, like you said, very different than what a lot of the messaging portrays. And so uh, to your point, I think that communities need to take a hard look at how they're promoting uh, their amenities and, and the lifestyle of what it's like to live there, because that's what I think people are looking for is what's what's this lifestyle going to be like? Not, you know, but will they take care of me and, and everything else? Because that's certainly important. But like you said, that's not what's going to sell people. They, they want the experience and they want to know that they're still going to be active, still have a purpose, still feel needed, uh, still be able to really live their life and not just kind of settle in and, and, and have that be it. I think that's a great point. And I think it's something that uh, marketing and sales folks in this industry need to take a hard look in the mirror and, and, and make those adjustments or start to think through that. I, I know I did a, um, an exercise looking at, uh, probably a hundred different 
senior living community websites and was reviewing them for myself. And I'll tell you, the ones that stood out were the ones that were just more relatable from a, a human perspective. Like what, what is life going to be like there? How can, how can I get involved in things um, and really give you a sense of, of, of what it's going to be like to live there versus, you know, who has the, the best skilled nursing care to your point, because that's not what's going to sell somebody and get them excited about moving into a new uh, community. And, you know, uh, you make a great point, a lot of great points, Winston. And, and I would actually go beyond and say, while, while you were talking, I was thinking, do we even use the term senior living anymore when, when the right. day gets there? Because again, what the senior, not, I mean, that can still be our primary function and, and we can still have these, you know, age restrictive communities. I'm not against that. But let's face it, many of us say we're 55 plus. Go to any right. go to any CCRC in the country and talk to them and ask them what what is your average age? The average age almost of any CCRC is going to be somewhere in the low to mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Nothing I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but if we're truly going to be a 55 plus community, and I actually I would say if if we all had more of a balance of what we advertise ourselves as we want to be having this conversation. Cause imagine if we were, right. imagine right. if we were all truly, if we had like an even number of 55 to 60 year olds, 60 to 70 year olds, 70 to 80 year olds, 80 to 90 and 90 above, we'd be, we'd be attracting so many more because you could say, well, you want intergenerational, well, you, you have it at our community. But when you look across the board and, you know, some, some organizations will have to say, why, why are we even targeting people under 70? Then why don't we just call ourselves a 70 plus community? Why are we calling ourselves a 55 plus community? If you're truly going to be 55 plus and be 55 plus, you know, you, you go back and say, how, how can I be attractive to the boomers? And yeah, maintenance free is nice. Don't get me wrong. Maintenance free is nice. And many of the boomers are going to want that and like that, but how do you actually get somebody to look at, at what you offer before they ever need it and say, not say, well, well, this is a nice place. And you know what, when I'm sick of mowing the lawn, I'm going to move there. Or when something happens, I'm going to move there. But they actually look at it and say, what are we waiting for? This, right. this, is, yeah. this is awesome. Like I can go there. They have lectures every day. If I want to attend, I can, you know, I don't have to mow the lawn, but look, they, they still let me do all of these things. I go down and I help maintenance down, you know, I don't know, by the Creek, I go fishing and, um, you know, I actually, because of our, the partnerships that that community has formed with the local universities and colleges, um, there are actually colleges that are asking our residents to, to go into the campus, being in front of 20 somethings and, and educating them and not just talking about my life, but actually educating them in my area of expertise. I could go to one of my communities. We have a community in Philadelphia that I've been at a lot recently and they have, when you actually get to know some of these residents, it's amazing. They, they make me feel lazy with what they've accomplished. They, they, they're so, you, you have, you have doctors and attorneys and, and educators and entrepreneurs and, and people with just amazing stories yep. that want to get out more. They want, and, and many of them are still involved. So don't let me take anything away from what they're doing. But again, I'll go back to my example of the trickle that, you know, we can plug with bubblegum, but the flood's coming. Let me reverse that and say, as a community, when you come here, these, these are who we're partnered with. This is where our people are going. This is a march they just did in Washington, D.C., you know, and by the way, it was all organized by them. See, that's the other thing. That's a control thing. Many people still have the perception that when you move to a community, 
that community mm-hmm. life person is going to direct everything. Right. The executive director that one, you're going to have all these roles, you know, can't have your pet and can't have this, can't have that. And first you have all these rules and then all they're going to do is take care of you. And by the way, your whole day is going to be structured like, you know, and, and, and you have no input. It's totally false in most communities, but guess what? That's not getting out there, not getting out there the way it should. You know, I like to use the, the line all the time is truly in most of our communities, the inmates run the asylum, right? The residents <laughs> yeah. run the activity. You know, that's what I mean. The residents come up with the ideas and they're very proud to say that as they should be, as they should be. You know, I, I jokingly say most should have a T-shirt, you know, like you go to the amusement park and it says, I survived this roller coaster. These are people that have, you know, should have the shirt to say, I made it through this. I survived this many wars. I've, I, I worked 40 years is the head of, of a law of, of a law firm in one of the largest cities in America. I did. I've been there. I've done that. But, it, but instead we have, you know, people, their kids age telling them what to do, when to do it. And, and or that's the perception, but it's not reality. It's not reality. Right. And if it is happening anywhere, you have to change that because again, that is the reality that boomers are seeing. And let's face it with technology, we're going to be fighting home more and more than ever, more and more yeah. and more than ever, because right now we can say that, yeah, home, you're isolated. And in many times you are, you're isolated, your friends pass on, they move away. Um, you know, I, I love this great line uh, that um, Dr. Roger Landry, who founded Masterpiece Living, uh, said is that, you know, when you're young, when you're working, uh, your home is a haven. You know, it's, it's where you go to to get away from the world and, and de-stress and relax with your family and kids. But as you age and the kids go off to college and, you know, again, God forbid, maybe you lose a spouse. Now your home comes, goes from being a haven to a prison. And now you're right. stuck in this house. And that's where our communities come in is not only will we take care of you, but, you know, we can re-engage you. And, and that's those are all good things. But with 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 the dawn of technology and things that are going on with, I mean, the video conference we're having right now. I mean, yeah. why couldn't somebody do this at home with their family and talk to them? Actually, if I would say if there was any any fear that, that, that our industry should have, the number one fear is if it not embraced appropriately would be technology and, and where technology could eventually start to replace uh, what we do. Um, but, but if used right by communities could actually be the game changer that not only helps us survive, but helps us thrive. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Um, you mentioned a lot of good points there. I think that uh, technology certainly does play a role. Uh, and, you know, I, the main thing that I picked up from your answer there was just the the difference in reality versus perception. I think that as you know, marketers of these organizations, there's there's a huge opportunity there to to tell the right story to folks and help portray the reality of the community as somewhere where you can still get involved. You can still do amazing, fun things. Um, and it's not controlled and it's a different environment. And that to me, I think is the real opportunity in this whole discussion, uh, really bringing the reality of what life can be like there to the forefront and helping people see that. I think that, you know, as we've talked about in the past on this podcast, just the challenges of increased competition and the need for differentiation, what a great opportunity for us to differentiate the community, but also uh, speak to 
prospective residents in a way that they want to be spoken to and communicated with. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was thinking too, that, you know, I've seen these ads. Uh, my wife actually sent me a Facebook message the other day that I guess she thought it related to me because of what I do. And it said, it, they called it the granny pod and the granny pod. Yeah, I've seen these, that. They're yeah. like these little mini portable houses that, you know, you just, if you have a nice plot of land, I guess it just plops in on, on the kid's backyard. And that's where, that's where mom or your mother-in-law can, can live out her days. And, you know, a couple of comments on that one, that's just an example of the, guess what? It's not just senior living that is recognizing this immense growth in senior care, but the entire, the entire nation is recognizing, okay, where's the market share? Well, the market share is now transitioning from the workforce to the retirement force. So, you know, these granny pods, I don't know who actually invented them, but the the point is, is somebody came up with the idea more than likely was, I'm I'm going to assume it was probably somebody not involved in senior care and thought, you know, well, instead of somebody thinking, okay, dad's died, you know, do we have an extra room? Where are we going to put mom? You hate to say, but then some people are going to say, well, you know, we love mom, but uh, even if we have this space, we don't really want her in our house with us all the time. Um, so, wow, look at this instead of, well, I don't have to be a builder instead of having to find a place and worry about this, plop this pot in the backyard. She can sleep where she wants and we can still see each other. And now we can watch her and take care of her. The, the other issue with that though, is, is that again, the granny pod only solves one issue. It doesn't. And this is where we have such opportunity as senior care operators is we're the experts in the field. We're the ones that li- yep. have lived and breathed this. I mean, my organization very proud to say has been living and breathing, taking, not only taking care, but studying the industry for over 90 years. We've been around since 1927. And this isn't the first time, obviously things have changed. Things have obviously changed a lot since we opened up that very first community in 1927 and and into where we are today. Um, So let's take advantage of, of that knowledge that we have and put it to good use because I guarantee going back to my stat that we're going to have more people age 65 and older than where we are right now in the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, a lot of other industries are going to be thinking about that too. And we, we just have to make sure that we take that knowledge advantage and that year's experience of advantage uh, and put it to good use. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think you've hit on a lot of good uh, thoughts here today, Ryan. Um, there's just so much opportunity, I think, to, to shift this message into a way that speaks to these baby boomers and, uh, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. I think it's going to take a real shift uh, in mindset for a lot of communities to realize that the messaging needs to change. The audience is different. Uh, if we want to attract that younger audience, the true like 55 and older, it's a different message and different expectations. Um, but now's the time to start to start shifting that message and changing the brand. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be left behind because it's a huge influx of potential residents that that are going to be looking at a lot of different communities. And so this is a good chance to differentiate yourselves. Absolutely. And just just to wrap up, I, I would say, you know, it's if, if I had to hit on key points, it's it's how do you differentiate yourself? Because there's a, yep. there's a lot of noise out there and that noise is only going to grow by leaps and bounds when everybody's trying to appeal to 65 plus. And um, part of that is is totally radically changing the, the, what we call ourselves, the terminology. Why can't we still be these immense providers of senior living and senior care, but drop the senior part? And, right. and you know, 
instead of calling ourselves a, a facility, we're a campus. Instead of, instead of saying this is a place where you age, it's a place where you grow. Um, and then again, just even, even if your campus itself is not truly intergenerational, as far as the residents, geographically, we need to position ourselves in amongst that, which is why you're going to really see a boom, I believe, in, in urban settings because people want to be to where they can walk to the coffee house. Um, you know, even with the growth of ride sharing, such as Uber and Lyft and things of that nature, I mean, a lot of that's going to be used. I just at the conference, they, they showed Tesla. Tesla's already been testing the uh, driverless cars. So think of the things we sell today where we're like, oh, we'll get use, use our free transportation. They won't have to. Um, so how do you put yourself in those geographic locations? Think about where you enjoy being today and build your community around that. The city, the beaches, the country, the country is still a great place. A lot of people, there's actually a term being used right now called halfbacks. And it's to describe retirees from the Northeast that phase one retirement sent them to Florida, but they're coming halfway back and retiring in the peaceful mountain towns of the Carolinas and the Virginias. And they like it because the pace of life slows down. The, uh, the cost of living is, is, is considerably less. So don't discount yourself simply because you're in a rural area, but you find that niche, but it, but you, you become, you become again, a community of what you think, what you think people that are still 10 years away from actually making that change, you become that community now. So that they see that and say, wow, this doesn't even feel like a retirement community. You know what? Because even though it is, we're not going to call it that. You know, the only thing that makes it a retirement community is maybe because you're connected to care. But it's not going to feel like a retirement community. That's awesome. I love that idea. That's that's uh, that's great. Um, well, I think you've given a, our listeners a lot to think about, Ryan. Um, and I think it's all very uh, sage advice. I think that you're you're dead on that uh, shift in tone and messaging and and uh, differentiation needs to happen. Um, and so I just encourage folks to to start to go through that process within their communities. Start to think about how they need to transition their messaging because the wave of baby boomers is fast approaching, if not already here. Um, so thank you, Ryan, for being on the Senior Care Growth Show. I really appreciate your time today. This has been awesome having you on the show. Thanks, Winston. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Senior Care Growth Show, where senior care sales and marketing professionals come to grow. My name is Winston. We'll catch you next time.